Hello there, it's Maggie. I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of the Smile Out Loud pod, where it's all about the positive conversations with beautiful messages. I'm so excited that you're here today. Happy February. We had a freaking cold couple of days down in the 10s and 20s, and between that and no indoor dining, I am so over this. Less than two months from the start of spring. Anyways, today I will be sharing about one of the things that I struggled with growing up, which was just being concerned about what others thought of me. Between being the perfect daughter, sister, friend, student, Christian, and role model, I grew up prioritizing other people before myself, and I couldn't make mistakes, and therefore I didn't really know how to cope with being sad, angry, lonely, and negative. As I got older, it became suffocating until I learned to let it go. I will be chatting with my friend Cindy about how we as Asians, Christians, females, really take care of our own mental health as we go through college and working life. And just, have you ever been asked or been the one to ask this question, how are you always so happy? If I'm honest, I absolutely dread that question. Today's conversation is with one of my favorite friends, Cindy. Um, thank you for agreeing to do this conversation with me, Cindy, and I hope that this allows you to speak about your experiences about yourself as well as allowing those experiences to help somebody out there um, as you reflect on yourself. So welcome. If you can give a little introduction of who you are, that'd be awesome. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Cindy. I'm currently a senior in college and studying accounting and math. I am uh, originally from the northeast part of China, and I've been in the States for, I think this is my fifth year. And today I'm very excited to be here with Maggie to having this conversation. So thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, no problem. I can't believe it's been five years. I know. So, so 2015, you came a year after yeah. I started, right? 20, 2016 in the summer. Well, as Cindy said, she's um, currently studying here in the U.S. Cindy and I met about five years ago when we were both undergrads at um, our school was Binghamton. Um, I fortunately have graduated already and I don't have to do all-nighters and study and do assignments and cry. But Cindy here really, really loves studying. She's switched around multiple majors, you know, like super hardworking. Um, I think she's looking forward to graduating in the May. I hope so. Um, hopefully you're not going into at this point you should just do a PhD Cindy <laughs> yeah I, I'm ready to get out of school I think <laughs> but we actually met at a church near our campus and when we met we clicked right away Cindy's really really sweet she's super con kind and considerate and um, she reminds me of myself she's super cheerful and she's also not afraid to be outspoken and sassy when she needs to. And when you also get to know her, she's very engaged and always doing something at school uh, or doing her internship. And I remember 
that, you know, when I was still there, she was either in class or she was attending an event or a function or hanging out with people because Cindy loves people. What I love about Cindy is that she's always so driven. She's always trying to um, do the next thing, even though she's also still trying to figure life out. Honestly, just take it one step at a time. What have you been up to these days? These days, uh, I finished my final last week. And these days, I was mm-hmm. just studying studying for my CPA exams, like the certified accounting exams. And kind of slowed down and enjoy like the holiday season. Mm-hmm. How are you spending Christmas and New Year's? I mean, because you, as you mentioned, a lot of especially international students and people who are away from home, especially during this year, aren't able to be with family and friends and mm-hmm. they're at their homes. So how are you spending this holiday season? Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like I know people from church and they are so sweet to invite me to spend Christmas with them. So this year I'm also, as other years, I'm going to go to like one of my church friends' home and to spend holidays with their family. Oh, that's so great. I think you spend holidays with people from the town all the time. And that's what I really love about when I was there. That's what I really love about the church community and the locals because everybody is so welcoming and, and hospitable to opening their homes. Yeah, yeah. I feel so lucky to meet them. And I think it's also like a great opportunity to learn the cultures mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cindy and I used to do this um what you call it? Conversational <laughs> English. Before I went to college, I didn't know that international students come all over the world to the U.S. to study. And when I met them in school, I was like, wow, there's so many different people from all over the place. And Cindy and I used to do that every Friday at um, this very generous couple's house. Yeah, that was really a great memory. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to go into our topic today about, I guess it's more about mental health. Because and it's so important in today's society and in today's generation. So mental health is a little different, I feel, based on your culture. Um, we're both Asians, right? And for those yeah. of you who aren't from Asian homes, let me just say that mental health is pretty much a taboo topic among our culture. So when I was younger, if I had a cold or a fever, or when I broke my bones when I was five years old, my mom would treat me with lots of water and rest. Mm -hmm. Um, So growing up, that concept of mental health didn't exist within my horizon. And if I'm honest, I didn't realize it was an issue until I grew up. And so I didn't believe in it. I would also tell myself and other people who felt wrong um, mentally to just shrug it off because it's something you can't see. So it's probably not, you know, severe or important enough. When I got older and I started experiencing certain things that really challenged me mentally, I was super confused and I felt lost. I wasn't sure how I could deal with them. Um, Going through emotions of sadness and depression so many times, we're really good at this. We're really good at suppressing those thoughts by keeping ourselves busy with school, with work, with family and friends, with all sorts of activities. 
I avoided it at all costs, like both consciously and unconsciously. But I think the more you hide it, the more it tries to unhide itself, right? Yeah. Um, and so going through failures in, and rejections throughout college, and even before last two years of being an adult, um, there was, especially after college, a sense of loss of direction for me. And then my first uh, relationship and my breakup last year, I said that it was time to deal with this in a very healthy manner. Doesn't mean it's um, perfectly dealt with all the time, but at least I put in a little effort to do it. There were times where I blamed God. Like I was like, you know, like if I, if believing in God led me to go through these things, then I didn't like want to do it anymore. So it got like, I remember a couple of years ago, it got really bad where I was like, God, I'm walking away from you because it's, it's, it's too much. So I walked away. I said, if trusting in him continuously left me hurt, then I don't want it anymore. So guess how long I walked away for? One day. <laughs> oh, well, darn it. I, yes. Yeah. No. Okay. You got it right the first time. I, I was like, I don't want you anymore, God, um, for three hours, maybe even less because I was so for a moment in my life, I didn't know how to literally and metaphorically breathe because I had walked away from my faith. Um, mm. It's kind of, it sounds like an exaggeration for people who don't understand how important faith and identity are. But that was when I realized that my faith had become my identity and life. Like, People say they want to explore life outside of their faith, right? But I mm -hmm. think for me, it's life with faith all the way. Yeah. Um, it becomes an, an identity. And I think that faith has been the key in helping me realize, progress, um, deal with, process, and improve my mental health. And I owe a lot of the credit to God. I know that God wouldn't want me sitting at home just feeling sad and depressed for hours or crying or avoiding people. He knows that that's not who I am. I would say I'm a pretty loud, um, energetic person. And through these couple of months, I've learned to be super confident. Um, and I don't think he wants either of us to waste that, to hide that, because we are called to be the light and salts, right? Of mm -hmm of the world for him. He's still using all of those struggles and challenges that you have. I want you to just talk about if there was a specific moment in your life where you realized that your mental health became an issue for you. Yeah, sure. I totally agree with what you've said before. Uh, growing up in China, both of my parents and I are Asian, but I never heard about people talking about mental health. Of course, I had those moments of being sad and stressed, but no one told me anything about mental health or I was never being told to take care of myself mentally. In my family, I never heard about my parents talking about their feelings, and I also never tell them about my feeling. Until I came to United States, I heard the term mental health, but at first I didn't pay too much attention at all. Until this fall semester, I would say around early November, I realized how having too much negative emotions would affect my day-to-day -day life and my study. But when I look back, I wouldn't say 
there is a specific moment that mental health just hit me suddenly. But I would say it's more of a general, it's more of a graduate process. For me, I think the time when I realized the change in my mental health was in March or April of 2019. I was a junior in college back that time. And I remember all of my peers started having internships or even started accepting their full-time job offers for after graduation. And I wasn't even sure what I wanted to do at that time. I was so struggled with myself. I, I was struggling with my classes. Um, I found myself not having, I found myself not enjoying my major. So I was really stressed and confused about my life at that time. Also, with a lot of rejections from the internship applications, I was doubting myself a lot. That's when I started to feel down and sad. But at that time, I was thinking, oh, I, I, I would definitely feel better once I figured everything out. But what I didn't know until now is that you cannot just suddenly figure everything out about your life. Then after that, for the rest of the 2019, I would just constantly feel stressed, feeling down, and feel sad. But I kept trying to find a way, find something that I really enjoyed to do. And at the end of 2019, I had a rough plan about what I want to do after graduate. But then it came 2020. I was having some exciting plans for this year. But I know those plans and deals. <laughs> I was so excited for you. Um, I know. Talk, wait, talk about that plan, though. Yeah, so I had an internship opportunity in Chicago, which I was really excited about. You know, like it's a new city and I really wanted, I like traveling and I like exploring new things. So I was really excited for that opportunity. But because of COVID, it ended up getting canceled. So that's like my biggest regrets of 2020. And not only that happened, but also I remember at the beginning of March, I started getting lots of emails about cancellation, changes of plans, and all of a sudden, everything seems so uncertain again. I felt like my life was so out of control. I felt so overwhelmed at that time. And plus the stay-at-home order, quarantine, and social distancing order, I felt so lonely and stuck. And of course, I was worried a lot. And um, even though I tried to tell myself to feel better, to improve my mental health, but it's such a hard thing to do at that time. Then started this fall semester with all of the negative emotions I already have, plus the stress from schoolwork. I think I reached my rock bottom during the month of November. It's like when you are holding in too much emotions, there will be a time when you need to explode. I remember during this weekend in November, um, I started crying alone in my room. Not just cry once, but crying again and again. Even though I had exams and homeworks to do during that, even though I had exams to study for during that weekend, and I also have lots of homework to do, 
but because of the constant crying, I cannot do anything during that weekend. That's when I really realized that mental health started to seriously affect my life and studying, and I really need to、um, improve it to change in order to be able to study better and live my life better. Cindy, you talked about、um, just sitting in the dark and crying. I definitely did that、uh, earlier this year. You're right; like it feels it. It's one way of dealing with isolation, depression. Just、mm-hmm. sitting by yourself and blocking out all of the noise and allowing yourself and your emotions to come freely without anybody making you feel bad about it, without anybody judging you at all. Right? Yeah. Yeah.、Um, and I'm. So happy that you, you know, at least put in an effort to sign up for therapy. I actually wanted to look. I looked into therapy in the summertime, but along with a lot of things that don't go as planned, I ne- never went through with it. So, if you ever end up going through therapy, let me know if it's good because they're kind of. I didn't really ended up saying. I started like filling out my information, but when I check it out, it's like really expensive. For a student, me at least, so I I just feel like I hesitated at that moment because of like the amount of money it costs. But also like after I tapped out my feelings, I do feel like suddenly I just feel like a burden just like taken out of me. So I felt like better. So I was like maybe I should try it some other ways. Maybe talking about it with friends. You talked about never discussing. Um, these issues with your mom, with your dad, with anybody around you, I guess, in your circle. And yes, that's understandable and that's so relatable.、Um, our moms, I feel like Asian moms and dads aren't、uh, as affectionate as other cultures are. Like my mom would never say "I love you," let alone hear me out about what I was going through mentally. Right? the The last couple of years have been challenging. Um, and I remember when in my first year, my mom doesn't know this. I don't think a lot of people know this. I was really, really close to、um, committing suicide because of certain things that were happening, and I'm glad I didn't because it's、uh, a lot of things you can move from in life, you know.、Um, so if your parents knew about these things and was receptive to listening to you, and maybe even heard this conversation, what? Do you want them to know? That's a really good question. Oftentimes, when I, you know, like we are so far away from each other, and I feel like this this years, I just kind of only tell them good things about me. I never call them when I'm sad or even when I want to cry. I don't want to call them. The only thing they can do is worrying about me. But actually, and their worry makes me feel more stressful. Because I don't want them to worry about me, but actually, if they、uh, hear this podcast, I just want them to know. Even when I'm sad or when I'm crying, when I talk about my feelings, you guys don't need to worry about me. Maybe just listening to me that will be really helpful. A way that Asian parents show their care is also by asking about. Whether or not you've ate, or whether or not you're、yeah. warm, whether or not you have enough clothes, whether or not you slept well, those are ways of them telling you that they love you. I never understood、yeah. it. Like I thought it was something basic, 
I will always wanted my mom to say that she loves me, but it's hard for them to open up to saying that because yeah. it's not because they don't. It's just that they're not used to it because they never heard it from their parents. Yeah, um, and what you said about telling your parents let you go through that mental struggle. Yeah, you're right. Parents can only bring you through so much, you know? After a certain age, a lot of parents should understand that we're growing up. You can't hold our hands forever. The only way we learn is by experiencing it. As much as I, like, I don't have kids, but I have two younger sisters and I see that they're growing up. They're going through exactly what I'm going, what I went through, going through college, applying for college, uh, looking for their first job. And honestly, I wish they didn't have to go through that. I'm still working on my life. I kind of have grown to learn that I'm not responsible for them. They need to be able to work out their life as hard as we were able to work out our lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think through all of those progress, as you're figuring things out, you actually learned a lot, even though you do feel this process is so hard with failures and disappointment. But in the end, when you reflect back, there's a lot of things that you wouldn't learn just from textbook or from like going to school. Okay, you know, as a default happy person, which you and I are both, because um, yeah. I really like your company and I hope you like my company too. If you don't like it, I don't care. I, want, I like to be around you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think people find it weird during the times when we feel sad, angry, frustrated, disappointed, confused, when we express those emotions, people who aren't used to it feel weird. I never thought I'm a positive person until other people told me that, oh, you are such a positive person. And actually at that time I was going through, I think by that time it was one of my hardest time. And I heard people saying, you're such a positive person. And I was just I was really confused. I also like doubted myself. Am I really that positive? Um, why people think I'm always positive? I think that's such a testimony of why we're here. But during those days when you're going through a bad day or a trial, um, all you want to do is just feel it through and through. Um, but unfortunately, we allow those emotions to um, dictate how we treat and respond to you know, our classmates, our colleagues, our family and loved ones, which I wish we didn't do that because the negative emotions that we feel shouldn't allow us, shouldn't give us permission to treat people that way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and because I know that everyone has their own chapter, we deserve to be treated and treat others with love. What I'm trying to say is that just because we're happy and positive people, doesn't mean that we're not entitled to feel other emotions that make someone feel uneasy. Someone's happiness isn't our responsibility. And that sounds kind of harsh, but it's true. There's 9 billion people on this planet. And if we're responsible for every person's happiness and their well-being, then we kind of put ourselves last, you know? How do you feel about the question when you're asked, how are you happy all the time? Um, I personally don't like the question because if I'm real, I'm not happy all the time. I just choose to show that part of who I am because I hate seeing people go through heartaches. And if I can, if I can stop it and if I can avoid it, then I will try my best to avoid it. And I think that it also makes me a better me 
privately, personally, and publicly. Getting back on track, it's also the same as when people automatically assume that just because you or I are Christians, we aren't allowed to behave or do certain things. They judge us really, really harshly based off of our faiths, right? And like, we're not allowed to make certain mistakes. Why I say this is because I had a coworker in the past who he judged me really harshly. He was just a very critical and condescending person towards me. Like, because I'm a Christian and because I'm supposed to be happy, good, positive all the time, he would criticize me or judge me when I stepped away from that. He would be like, oh, Maggie, you should know better. What gives you the right to tell me I should know better to live a certain way? So somehow he turned my identity against my against who I am. And one day I was just like, I've had enough of how you treat me. And I said, screw it. Like, I don't care what people say or think about me. I'm just going to do whatever I feel is right. And I will say and think and do however I think is responsible and in a loving way. What do you think of the question? How are you happy all the time? I do get asked this question a lot, but I don't really like this question. And to be real too, I'm not happy all the time. Even though I always smile when I talk to people, but that doesn't mean I'm happy all the time. I just, I don't want my emotions to affect people. I want to bring the positive vibe when I talk to other people. And I think it's the similar thing when I post on social media. I don't want to post some negative thing. I wanted to post my happy moments. But that doesn't mean I'm happy all the time. I feel like it's hard for anyone to be happy all the time because we all have ups and downs, happiness and sadness. No one can just only be happy all the time. And also we shouldn't just judge people based on only based on what we see. I feel like instead of asking people, why are you happy all the time? Maybe it's better to ask a more open question, like how are you feeling today? Because if you really cares about the other person, you guys should be open to talk about all kinds of feelings. So I think what like Cindy and I are trying to carry out here is that when someone's going through problems that affect them mentally, as someone who's spectating it, I don't think you should be harsh or inconsiderate or feel strange around that person because it doesn't help at all. Um, I think every person is entitled to feel however they want to feel. Every person deals with depression and sadness differently. Like for Cindy and I, we like to shut ourselves out from the world and sit in the dark and cry. Um, One, because yeah, you're right. Like why would I want to bring bad news to people around us? Yeah, I I agree that because when I heard about people asking me kind of similar question, like, why are you happy all the time? When I had that feeling like sad moment, I always viewed that people the happy person. So I shouldn't have those feelings, like those sad moments. But later, um, after like going through this year, as you said, it's like 
okay to have those sad moments. Be open to listen what your friend or your family is going through because a lot of times all we need is someone to listen attentively. Also, um, I want to say, because I was viewed as a happy person, as I said before, I was afraid to uh, feel sad. But this year, it's just a lot of moments that I feel sad and I want to cry. And last month, I just decided to tell my feelings to other friends. And I, I told her um, how I'm feeling, how stressful I am. And I was kind of surprised. She told me the same thing. She was like, I'm, I'm so stressed too. Um, I'm so confused by this year too, going a lot of things. And I had those similar feelings too. And at that moment, I just realized that we shouldn't be afraid to, even though you, if you are also viewed as a happy person, you shouldn't be afraid to tell those feelings to other people. A lot of times they also have the similar feelings, but just because we are afraid to tell each other, we pretend we are happy all the time. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, like all of these social media, people have misused them to present themselves in a way that's so positive and rich and glamorous. But in fact, a lot of people are going through worse things behind all of those pictures and captions, you know? But no, Cindy and I just want to end with don't be shy to listen and don't be shy to share. My smile out loud question for this episode is, if you were a cookie, what flavor would it be? Why don't you go ahead? Okay. I have been, um, if you were to ask me two weeks ago, I would be a dark chocolate oatmeal craisin cookie with Kit Kats in the inside because I loved Kit Kats growing up. I mean, a stranger can come up to me and say, hey, I have Kit Kats. You know, I would automatically go with them because I love Kit Kats. I saw Kit Kats as a reward when I was a kid growing up. But today, this weekend, I've been binge eating dark chocolate macadamia nut cookies. So good. So that would be my cookie. If I was a cookie, I would be a dark chocolate macadamia nut cookie. Sounds so good. Uh, I think I would, you know, people do like half for pizza, people do half, half thing. And I was just wondering why people don't do that to cookie. So I think I would choose half to be oatmeal and the other half to be chocolate, dark chocolate. So a combination, but so it's the one co- cookie. Yes. And the combination is good and re- appropriate for this episode because life, there are two sides of things. You're not going to be happy all the time and you're not going to be sad all the time. Um, And you just have to enjoy that flavor of both of these um, ends of emotions. Whatever you feel, just feel it. When you are happy, just be happy. And when you are sad, just realize that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be not okay. But in the end, everything will be okay. It's okay to not be okay. That's correct. But also don't get stuck in that not okay phase. Try to pull yourself out. Try to find things that matter to you and try to find things that show who you are and what's important to you. And at the end, try to love yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Cindy. And I hope that you will have a fantastic holiday season. And Thank you so much, Mm -hmm. too. Bye. Bye. 
I really, truly hope that this episode helped you sort out some of your own mental thoughts. I still remember years ago when mental health issue was just a taboo. And, you know, I went to a huge public high school with about 2,500 kids, but I rarely heard anyone share what they were going through. Not because there are no problems, but because it wasn't the cool thing to do in this non-judgment-free world. But I'm so happy that we as a society and community have made such a progress in caring for people's mental health, whether it's mild or severe. Here's a resource for those who are in New York who do need help with problems like stress, depression, anxiety, or drug and alcohol use. NYC Well is there to help through text, call, and live chat. And as always, if there's anything or any way I can pray for, drop it in the review section or DM me on Instagram. Take a moment to breathe. You will be okay again. Everything will be okay again. And as always, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. For more dope content in the future, please subscribe and follow me on Instagram at I am Maggie Chen. And a final word before I wrap it up, if you can leave reviews, suggestions, questions, comments, and tips, that would be amazing. Remember to smile out loud. Till next time. Bye.